Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to the Esports Moment, the show where we have conversations with esports leaders about the state of the industry today and what excites them and where things are going next. I'm Seamus Byrne. What feels like just a few days ago, I was at the Rainbow Six Siege Six Invitational in Montreal, Canada. As you've already heard in a previous episode, that trip gave me the chance to visit Ubisoft Montreal and have a chat with Alexandra Remy and FX Daniel about the game and its progress as an esport and their ambitions for the next year and beyond. If you haven't heard that one, you'll find it in the feed in whatever podcast app you're using right now, or if you're listening on the web, you can go find it at biteside.com. This week, I've got the other interview from that trip with two of the members of the Fnatic Rainbow Six team. Team Captain Etienne Magnet Rousseau and Coach Manager Jaden Dizzle Saunders. We had a chat about the team's journey over the past year with their initial success under Mind Freak, joining Fnatic, and the ups and downs of the tournament since then. This Aussie team has been building a solid global fan base under the Fnatic brand and continue to grow in skill and demeanor, so it was great to catch up with them during the big event. They bowed out at the quarterfinal stage, so we were catching up in the press room between then and the grand finals of the Invitational Weekend. Obviously, you know, I'd love to be uh, having this chat with you after winning six figures uh, prize money, um, but how are you feeling about, I guess, not just this event but the journey over this last year uh you know from i guess being here this this time last year uh as mind freaks and then having this kind of journey into fanatic and back around here uh i think we're feeling really good uh it has it's been a whirlwind year from um the six invitational last year uh where we had a really strong performance to being picked up by fanatic to making every season final and event since then um we've we've seen the world i think from here to last year, we were in Canada, we went America, we went London, we went Paris, we went Rio, we're back in Canada. We've been to Tokyo and Japan, like half the half the eastern seaboard in Australia. So it's it's crazy to think of uh, just, yeah, how far we've been, how far we've come. And the scary thing is like how much bigger our next year is going to be. So it's just uh, getting bigger and bigger every year. How are you feeling? Coming to Pai, it was like... Uh it's like okay but like still very frustrated uh, with myself and the team that obviously we didn't do better than that like we were really aiming for top four but at the same time it's like bittersweet that um 
we didn't make it, but Norwengo did. So like, as long as a top APAC, a top, okay, as long as an APAC team made top four, like we were happy. But um, yeah, it's just still, uh, I think we could have done a lot better in the end. Um, when I was talking to uh, FX yesterday, he was really kind of, you know, talking about how great the kind of the improvement in the APAC scene has been that they've kind of put that extra, you know, well, the pro leagues there now and all those sorts of elements that he feels like, you know, this event has shown how, how elevated that sort of part of the ecosystem is and that it, it's, it's a good kind of proof that the way that they're trying to make sure every region gets good support and good, uh, you know, good play and regular play, I guess, uh, you know, is kind of bringing it up to that that sort of stage how are you feeling about all the other teams that are in you know is it getting more competitive for you guys as well at that uh, local tier as well or at least those top few teams i definitely think um the apac region more the i think the asian region is a lot more competitive than say the australian region um just going back like past uh apac lands where we haven't played in the australian team seem to get first round quite a bit so i definitely think the asian region is getting a lot stronger a lot more competitive and it's just growing heaps um and like you've seen the results mantis almost beat g2 mantis almost beat liquid um we came first out of our groups norango in our top four um but yeah just to see a big improvement in the last year is really good um and yeah the support from ubisoft and trying to help the um, our community grow has just helped um all the other teams grow at the same time Mag summed it up pretty well um the asians have a close-knit community uh as, as we've mentioned and spoken about before like the australian infrastructure in terms of internet and and what we're able to do limits us a little bit uh compared to the rest of the world europe play with europe north america can play with all of them some of europe some of latin america asia can play amongst themselves as well as america whereas australia we're quite isolated um so it hurts a little bit but i think that uh ubisoft and esl do a really good job in terms of providing tournaments we're at the forefront of esports uh in australia uh i know shane and his team at ubisoft won the um, esports title of the year in our in our community so we're doing a good job um it's just you know we we're just let down by the isolation of of our country and of, and of geography is the only thing to really blame i think yeah and look how you know how has the support structure of fanatic help kind of drive you guys forward because I, I guess on a lot of levels you sort of think well you know you're your own team it's just sort of a different management around the sort of the top end of that but you know how how much does that play into almost two sides of it is do you feel like more pressure to perform sometimes or are there things that you don't have to worry about as much because you've got a big org behind you like how does that sort of balance fit for you guys in in that mentality that you're able to take in and I guess you know sort of thinking about it mostly for you Dizzle having needing to kind of think about that kind of management and coaching side of things as well uh yeah it's it's tricky at times uh Fnatic are really really good um I've taken on more of like a, a team director role recently I do a lot more management and, and and a bit of coaching so I sort of tend to swap during the time of the day uh sometimes it's like coaching and then the guys go to bed and then I move to management um Fnatic offer us a lot of support uh they flew us over to London for a couple of weeks before uh this event so we could practice over there at their HQ um 
and had really good practice with the team. I think we received a lot of feedback from a lot of teams here saying that we were one of the best practice teams that they saw uh, in terms of like just making very minimal mistakes through our group phases uh, and just the way that we executed on site. Like the teams that have practiced have said that like we were very well practiced and didn't often make the same mistake twice, which was good to hear from my point of view. Um, I, I do a lot more of the management myself of the team so i sort of look after everything and, and you know report to my bosses um but they did arrange i think there was a really good thing for us at one point at boot camp they arranged a conversation with a, a gentleman called nick fry who's heavily involved in formula one and he had a chat to them about like what it is his teams do and how they perform in formula one and how he was able to be so successful for so long in the sport and it was really just the difference between his teams and other teams were how the team worked together how they function and how they really spoke about the small things the little details how they could constantly improve uh, going objectively into training for something to train for and then debriefing immediately after how it went and what we could improve on. I think that's something we really took into training in the last week and I think it really got us off to a good start for the yeah. group phases here. And so you know, at, a, at a skill level, how are you feeling about the team at the moment? You know, like do you feel like, you know, again, you haven't – I mean, it's always that thing, right? You, you kind of fail there in the quarterfinal but there's no question it's, it's so close – in terms of sort of where you're at. Um, but is it sometimes that mentality aspect now that, you know, finding those tools to, to uh, you know, raise that kind of psychological training uh, alongside that skill cap? Yeah, I definitely think it's more of a psychological thing now. Um, an example would be that um, against our phase game, uh, when everyone sort of woke up in the morning, like I could just, I could feel the energy. We were all ready to go. We're all ready. We're just, we just want to play and we want to win. Um, I had no doubt we were going to beat FaZe that day. Um, I think against FaZe, uh, the maps that we did win, it was probably some of the best siege we've ever played before. Um, and re- the results did show that. Um, our communication was on point. Our teamwork was on point. Our aim was on point. Um, but in contrast to this, against Norango, um, just having breakfast with everyone, the energy was like a lot lower. We were all sort of just still in our own little worlds. And it really showed um, on Villa um, as just... We weren't playing as a team. We weren't communicating as much. Uh, we weren't talking. We weren't winning our gunfights. And it just sort of snowballed from there. But uh, Kix did mention before that just the seeing us on stage on Villa, um, he could just tell that we were just sort of like in our own heads. So I definitely think um, psychologically we need to improve. But at the same time, mechanically, um, we need to work even harder because Norango have five of the best shooters in the world. Um, and this game is all about gunfights. So that's definitely another aspect uh, that... I want to work on as a team. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
you know, are there any other aspects of, you know, well, look, there's probably one sort of awesome one that, you know, it's worth calling out is, you know, uh, the fact that you did a, such an amazing job stepping in uh, in the Brazil uh, tournament there. Um, you know, how is that and how is that kind of, uh, you know, I guess fed into a general sense of the idea of, I sometimes wonder if a lot of people out there sometimes think like, oh, you know, the, you know, the, the, the coaching role, he, you know, they just kind of stand there and say some stuff, but they, they wouldn't really be any good if they had to, had to jump in the game. Um, you know, how, how have you felt sort of off the back of, of that being able to kind of show that, you know what, like I can play too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think you're spot on. I think they between myself and Rio and gotchas filled in for a few things at USN and, and in, in pro league in North America for evil geniuses. Um, he, he's also stepped in and performed. Ranger's done it before for rogues. So there's a few of us coaches that do it. I mean, admittedly at times I felt that sometimes within my own team, they're sort of like, yeah, look, I'm playing. You're not, you know, I understand you're just telling me what to do, but you know, you're not really here and doing it. But like the fact that I went to Rio, I performed better than half the team. Uh, just, I, I think just sort of helps me personally in that role, sort of getting a little bit more respect in terms of what I have to say. Um, there are a few times at like boot camp where they might argue or they might go, Oh, I'm not sure about that. Or they're just like, Oh, this is wrong. And I'm like, we'll step aside and I'll do it then. Like, and they're just sort of like, no, no, like I've got it. So for me personally, it just, yeah, I think really helped sort of get my players back on board and sort of go, Hey, look. I know what I'm doing. Let's just work together as a team. If you don't agree with me, that's fine. I'm more than happy for feedback and let's work through it and see why we have difference of his opinions and maybe there is a better way to do something. Um, but I think for the bigger community, yeah, there's been a, a lot of coaches that have performed and we do understand our game very well. And like Mike said, it is a lot about gunfights. I'm definitely not even close to the sharpest shot on this team. And a lot of people give me credit for Rio, but it was mostly Lusty and Riz that did all the hard work. I just listened to what they had to say and I did what needed to be done at that point in time. I got a lot of kills from behind people a lot of flanks just because they were just talking communicating what they were doing and i was just playing off of that so uh, i think that was the big thing within the team is the biggest thing i wanted from rio win or lose it didn't really matter we had no expectations on us so i wanted the team to improve without magnet there to guide everything to drop you know his his double digit kills that he gets to guide the team through rounds i really wanted them to improve so if magnet was having a bad game like back in rio they don't have to rely on him to talk and kill and and so that's what i really wanted to improve whilst we were in rio uh and then coming here they did lusty did really well igling a couple of maps mag just did his thing and lusty took over riz looked after a lot of like mid game sort of stuff so i think the team as a whole improved in terms of how they communicate and who communicates so I think, yeah, whilst it was a big success for us winning over Evil Geniuses, it was the long-term impacts on the team that I'm really happy with. Mm. And I think there's also a lot to be said for how this game, you know, and there's you know, plenty of players in this game in their 30s and things like that that shows it's a really well-balanced game for strategy and, and then the raw shooting skills and things like that, that it seems like, again, if you're executing your strategies well, then you don't have to be you know, the perfect shooter um, you know, like I say, Noringo, uh, amazing at, at their shots, but it is about execution. Um, and you know, so how, how much of that kind of, you know, whiteboard type work gets done in, in terms of developing strategies and things for different maps, you know, is it about watching replays and, and understanding specific opponents in this sort of a game with that level of strategy attached, or is it just you work on your plans and, and then what happens in the game happens? Uh, so, 
more on like the replay part of your question. Um, at bootcamp, we were fortunate fortunate enough to use this program where uh, it would record all of our screens simultaneously, and we could just play back and we see every single person's screens at the same time and listen to the uh, callouts as well. Um, so we were able to like really fine tune our gameplay then and just pick up on all the tiny mistakes that uh, would actually have a really big impact on the round. Um, so that uh, the few days that or the when we were using that, we noticed um, that our teamwork was a lot better and our um, information gathering, especially on attack, was a lot better. Um, and when we do have more drones and information on attack, we then become a more proactive team rather than a reactive team. Um, also, coming into like big events like this, you're definitely going to look at how the opponent plays. Um, all players, um, you know, you, you'll notice some certain trends that they do, like maybe uh, where they rotate or what operators they like, um, where they like to play. Um, and those are the things that you um, you look at to um, then just counter them. Um, we're not a big counter-strategy team, but once we understand how a team plays, um, then we, we, we just know straight away um, how to adapt um, because, like, obviously teams are going to change from when they play online to, like, a big tournament like this. So, yeah, we're good at adapting on the fly. You spend a lot of time looking at strategy, but you understand it's not the be-all and end-all but it is what they feel comfortable with. You learn uh, where players like to move, where they rotate, what operators they start to pick to feel comfortable on. So they might try out a new strategy that you haven't seen before, but if you assemble it pretty quickly and you notice operator lineups change, then you're like, oh, remember this thing we've seen on the VOD. Um, back in Six Invitational last year in Montreal for our Liquid game, the last round they had uh, a mirror on the garage wall of Consulate downstairs, which was something completely new at the time. But we had watched a VOD of it. We knew what was happening. We knew where the C4 was coming from. And you see like our Blackbeard holding the line watching it. So that wasn't something that they started off doing initially. They attempted defenses without it. But that last round, it came out and we knew that it was there. So we don't watch VODs expecting like, okay, guys, we know exactly what we're doing, but you do get it to familiarize yourself with. And so you, when you do see it, you know what to expect after that. So, But I think most importantly with Siege at the moment, it's about playing your own game as long as it's working and just recognizing what your opponent's game is and making sure you're not marching to their tune. Yeah, and then this year we've got, there's going to be more minor events as well, some of these new um, you know, third-party sort of partner organizations throwing events. So it feels like the schedule is going to be busier than ever this year um you know is that exciting or are you feeling like you also have to be careful not to burn yourselves out in terms of constant training and between pro league and, and major events uh i think it's exciting um i mean for us personally we play two majors two minors and, and a few apac lands a year so you know most of our stuff in terms of like uh actual tournaments could be counted on, on on probably your fingers. Um, whereas things like CSGO, some of the premier esports titles play 20 or 30 a year. So I feel like with more third parties coming on board and actively seeking Rainbow out in their repertoire, maybe they're moving away from CS, which is as slowly we, you have been gaining ground on, on sort of their, their foothold on the first-person shooter genre. For us, I think it's really good because we're on track to become one of the biggest first-person shooter titles in the year. Um, I mean, it... it it isn't as easy as you'd think, like hotels, airports, travel. Uh, it does get tiring, but 
It always I, sounds um, fancy. <laughs> it does. It sounds fancy. Uh, and it, but at the end of the day, you know, through as hard as it can be or as tiresome as it can be, uh, it's still a really good lifestyle. And so we're really grateful for the more opportunities we can get, the better to sort of get more exposure around the world, see more of our fans, uh, and, you know, hopefully take Rainbow Six further into the esports future. Cool. So to wrap up, um, you know, from the player level and then from the kind of management level, uh, what are your key hopes for, for the, you know, 2019, the, the year four season? Um, I think from a play perspective, uh, I mean, we obviously want to win a major somewhere, um, but we'll take a step by step. So it's first of all, maybe like winning Oceanic Cup. Um, and then after that, um, qualifying for APAC land. And then after that, qualifying for the Italy Pro League finals. And then the next major, and then the next pro league finals after that. Um, so that's pretty much um, my goal um, for the team, or our sort of goal. Um, but at the same time, we also want to like increase our exposure in like the Asia region. Um, not only do we want to be um, going to all the, these events, but um, sort of like building our own sort of fan bases and um, sort of our own brands, um, and becoming like a lot more known and a lot more influential, rather than just being players that try and win all the tournaments. And if that makes sense. I think on a coaching level, I just want to be able to get these guys uh, playing the best siege they possibly can. Um, so, you know, we, like you said, we've been using a new tool in terms of how we train. It's been really beneficial. I've received a lot of good feedback from the players about it. So, you know, making sure we use that. Uh, in coachability, I want to start bringing in um, some mandatory like gym sessions and some better nutrition and stuff for the guys as well. Um, Astralis have seen a lot of success with that in their CS team. Um, so, you know, I just want to get these guys being the best people, the best players they can be and, you know, help them build their brand network. Uh, as a manager, uh, you know, I'd like to help grow Siege, like you said, within the APAC region, um, really put APAC uh, on the map. Um, you know, a lot of the times in, in grassroots esports, especially in Australia, it's quite often you reach the highest echelon in our region and then you get bought by an overseas North American or European team or like the two Australians that won the Dota, um, you know, which is a great and easy way to make money. But me personally, I want to grow APAC esports and I want, uh, you know, to leave a legacy in our region before we, you know, move on to the rest of the world. So I think that's what I really want to work on in Fnatic is building Fnatic's presence throughout that APAC region um, and, you know, really solidifying ourselves as one of the biggest esports uh, teams in the world and one of the biggest esports organizations throughout it. And I think Asia is a really big part of that. And, uh, you know, just one super last thing. I've seen you guys down there, you know, people stopping you, autographs, photos, things like that. Like, is that a really nice part of coming to these major events and seeing that there's plenty of people out there who, you know, love, uh, you know, love you guys and the team. How much does that feed into your enjoyment of being part of this sport? So like being stopped and all that, uh, it's, it's really cool in a way that people like actually care and just like follow sort of like who we are. Um, it does sometimes get very tiring, but like for us, it's still very rewarding. Um, and um, to us, maybe it's just another photo, but to like some of these people, like, when they you, you got your hand around their back ready for a photo, they're like shaking or like they're shaking. Like to them, it's a really big deal. Um, and just that just like makes like makes us feel or makes me feel, like feel good that like I'm trying. I'm just how to explain it. Uh, I'm making an impact on on them. Um, and just trying to like maybe uh be sort of a role model. Um, in esports sort of thing to them. I don't know how to explain it. No, I I think Mag- Magnus on the money. Um, Rio was was big for us. Uh, there was. 12,000 people there. It's, uh, it happened a lot. It, it was very enjoyable and, and it's happened here. It's, 
you, you come to the events and like the reason we're all here is because of the fans and the support we have from all over the world. Um, and, you know, being Australians, uh, we don't often get that at global events. It, it's, you know, we, we have a, a very passionate fan base back home for a lot of our events being, you know, Australians, but having fans, uh, you know, come up to you that speak all these different languages and, and want to get a photo. And, and like Magnus said is, they they come to you they look up to you i mean we were the same when we were kids we looked up to people like the darren lockyers and, and the trevor gilmeisters and you know like these absolute superstars of the games that we were watching when we were children and um you know it's it's no secret that esports has gained massive traction um you know traditional sports still has it and we can coexist you know kids can be just as excited to watch some of their favorite you know, esports players come over here, fly across the world, meet them, get a photo with them, and they can go back home and you know get a photo with 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 Vossi or or you know with Akamanis and and you know it it we can coexist and we can both have an impact in terms of what it is or where a person's at in their life and what it is that they're interested in. So um, yeah, we love every part of it because for us, we we were that person once too. <laughs> The Esports Moment is produced by me, Seamus Byrne. You can track me down via Twitter. I'm at Seamus, and you can find this and other shows at the website, biteside.com. Click all the like and subscribe buttons that you see along the way. We'll leave a review if you're liking what you're hearing. Apparently, that really does help convince the algorithms this show is worth sharing with more eyeballs and ears. Right now, I'm recording a lot of new interviews at Intel Extreme Masters in Katowice, Poland. So there'll be lots more great conversations I'll be able to share really soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.